Hi, I'm Jay Fallon, and thank you for listening to The Sloppy Slope. So listen, I I do know I've been talking a lot about China, uh, my opinions on where we're headed um, and the possibility of war. Uh, However, I just think it's, especially for Australia, uh, it's it's a very critical, crucial subject. We need to keep, uh, we need to keep our eyes on what's happening uh, with China, with the Communist Party, because the decisions the Communist Party and Xi Jinping, their president, make, it could affect us so badly. Uh, and it has uh, obviously, you know, the last couple of years we've seen the uh, we've seen the financial effects of decisions that uh, the Chinese Communist Party has made uh, with trade sanctions and things like this. Um, so that's the reason. The reasons why uh, I talk so much about China, and, and I do believe the decisions they're making and the aggression that they are showing, that they're portraying, that they're projecting, uh, I believe it's it's putting us on this uh, this path uh, with a strong possibility towards war. Unfortunately, uh, this headline it says that China's crisis of confidence, and asks the question: Has she taken a giant leap backwards? Uh, the article is written by Craig Singleton from Crikey, and it goes on to say, what if the new era of great power competition was over before it had even begun? So many of today's fears about a multi-generational conflict with Beijing rest on linear extrapolations of yesteryear's data, harking back to a time when China appeared on track to supplant the United States as the world's largest economy. Yet more and more signs point to a China that is fully unprepared for the competition with the US it once sought. Now, I've got to say, I have said before I go on with this, I said a long time ago that China's economy was was in the, de- the decline. Um, there's been reports going out... Uh, the, I can't remember his name, just uh, gone off the top of my head at the moment, but uh, the author of uh, Is It Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, I did an article, an episode uh, regarding what he'd said, I think it was last year, about how China's economy, he thought, was uh, was heading for a crash and it was being, it was on a decline. And the a lot of the issue is we can't get all of the data that you need uh, when you want to look at uh, China's uh, internal um, mechanisms and their and how their finances are really going because you know there's some things they just hide let's let's face it they're not open and transparent uh like countries as much as countries like australia or the us and that anyway it says he goes on to say that china's economy long in decline is now in free fall thanks to president xi jinping's mismanagement uh, the case in point, this year, the U.S. economy is forecast to grow faster than China's uh, for the first time since 1976. Wow. With strong indications that China has entered a prolonged era of slow growth. Uh, more surprising is that she, in an attempt to stabilize China's finances, has largely abandoned his ambitious plans to overall China's to overhaul China's growth model choosing instead to double down on the very economic policies that got China into today's economic bind in the first place. You know, and things like these these extreme lockdowns that he is uh, implementing, that he has been implementing. A city like Shanghai, a population of roughly 25 million people, which is the, the population of Australia, um, you know, and you've you virtually locked down the whole city, and it is a, the financial hub of China. You've got uh, complete back 
backlog of uh, shipping uh, container ships in the harbour. Uh, you, you know, you haven't got products moving. You've got factories which are shut down. Um, and yet he's adamant that this zero, zero COVID policy is the right way to go. I'll continue on anyway. It says that she's reversal speaks volumes. It suggests he lacks confidence in his own plan to transform China's unstable, unsustainable, sorry, unsustainable economic model into one that can deliver on the Chinese Communist Party's promise of high quality growth. More important is that China's fizzling economic miracle may soon undercut the CCP's ability to wage a sustained struggle for geostrategic dominance. I would believe, I do believe, the whole reason why he lacks his confidence is because he's, for one, he's not a great leader. Okay, he is all about himself. He is not really leading the people through. He is just trying to manage situations. done episodes before about managing a uh, management versus leadership he just tries to manage situations um when it comes to leading he leads by fear um obviously the, it's the communist party you know there's no transparency uh, you know they don't invite uh freedom of thought uh, you, know, you saw it with what they did in hong kong shutting down uh free uh free media in hong kong they don't want any anyone who would uh talk against them they don't offer any other kind of thought there is no there is no diversity in thought and you know this is the true diversity we have this crazy thought that diversity now is if you have a a man who thinks he's a woman and he may one day turn into a cat um that's not diversity that's just uh mental illness diversity is when you know people who have different ideas uh, people who come up with uh, ingenious ways to fix problems people who actually think for themselves and can invent new ways new ways of thinking new new inventions to to overcome problems that's that takes diverse uh, diverse thinking diverse thought diverse intelligence um, yeah, it's not this crazy thing that we've got today. Anyway, it goes on in this article to say, this raises a tantalizing question. What if, instead of being a competitor, China cannot actually afford to compete at all? This is the problem. We're seeing it with all of their, uh, with all of their construction companies that are failing. I mean, the multi-billions of dollars that they have lost is just phenomenal. So it says she is often said to have tapped into China's resentment over its colonial era humiliations to kickstart its modern day competition with the US. But the decision to jettison China's policy of hiding its capability and biding its time began much earlier. Indeed, for decades before she's ascended into power, the CCP elites made clear this dictum would be discarded as soon as the international balance of power shifted in China's favor. When Washington looked to be terminally weakened by the 2008 financial crisis, Chinese officials made their move, betting that overseas investments and economic coercion were the keys to outcompeting the West. They were mostly right, it says. I don't think they were mostly right. I think this the problem is people don't like coercion because when it doesn't work out, um, they, they see through it. Anyway, so it says Chinese economic clout, 
beyond any other consideration still serves as the foundation for the country's vast influence. The gravitational pull of China's market along with Beijing's ability to influence economic conditions and shape political perceptions in other countries enabled China to bind itself to the world. The fruits of China's economic expansion also underwrote its power projection, covering the costs of the Belt and Road Initiative, military modernization and expanding multilateral commitments. China's GDP growth paid domestic dividends for the CCP too, empowering a model of state capitalism that broke down the barriers between the private sector and government institutions to mobilize the former in service of the latter. Nevertheless, China's meteoric rise, fueled by annual GDP growth above 6%, appears over. Yes, China's economy has been cooling for years, plagued by systemic deficiencies like chronic overinvestment, massive debt loads, and a shrinking workforce, which has put enormous stresses on China's finances. But these systemic trends have been exacerbated, perhaps irreversibly, by China's disastrous pandemic response, with the lack of an effective domestic vaccine and the CCP's unwillingness to approve and purchase Western ones have made rolling lockdowns a permanent way of life. So far, the CCP's containment measures have resulted in plummeting industrial output, surging unemployment, capital flight, and a, sh and a sinking, shrinking currency. I don't particularly buy into this uh, pandemic response because of due to uh, their lack of Western vaccines, Western-made vaccines. Look, this is what I believe has happened with China. First off, they've denied uh, any responsibility in what's happened with the COVID-19 pandemic, okay? Um, they didn't want to know about it. They want to shut everything down. They shut down all communication, um, denying where it came from, trying to, you know, trying to put this story out there that it just evolved naturally in the wild or from these fruit, you know, these markets and whatever, um, you know, that just happen to be next door to the to the factory where they where they make the where they make COVID. Anyway, so they denied all that. They don't take any responsibility. Um, they're a communist party who, who likes secrecy. They shut down any other kind of thought, any other kind of free thought. They don't want any of that. Um, and the other thing is, they're very very prideful. It reminds me of. Uh, the verse proverb proverb 16 18 it says uh, pride goes before destruction in a haughty spirit before a fall china that's what china always they've looked like that for like i don't know probably the last 20 years very prideful when it comes to the government okay very prideful the last 10 years very arrogant extremely arrogant um you know when it says pride precedes a disaster and an arrogant attitude precedes precedes a fall this is what i think has happened with china they thought that they were they were the top dogs they'd been pushing for this top dog status they want superpower status and they think that they i mean besides the fact that they they've stolen a lot of their technology they've stolen a lot of the ideas that they've uh, come up with has only been things that they've stolen because they don't nurture creativity. They have to steal 
creative ideas of other countries like America. And this is the other thing with the Chinese government. They decided that they could change the Bible. They could rearrange the Bible. They could rewrite what the Bible says and make people conform. And yet the church in China is the largest in the world, the underground church in China. This is what happens when you have a communist party that denies God, um, puts itself forward as being a, a type of God, and completely denies the existence of God, uh, then goes and rewrites the Bible, even though the Bible warns that you shouldn't rewrite it, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing those things. And then they're just full of pride, full of pride. And pride goes before destruction. And of course, the other problem with this is when you have a country with like China, like the Communist Party of China, and things are not going their way, this is why I think we're possibly heading towards a war to help help the, the morale, help the morale of the people say, hey, look at us, we're strong, we're mighty, we are China, no one can stand against us. Let's pick a war, let's go and fight, let's go and take over Taiwan because they're, they're really our country anyway. And we can take on America. And it's all gonna be because of pride. Just pushing this narrative that, you know, we're not on our way down. We've got nothing, nothing's going wrong. It's all good. And they're, they're like a, a wounded animal. They're like the, the schoolyard bully who has his, his pride's been hurt and now he's gonna lash out at everyone else. I think that's what's happening with China. Their confidence, Xi Jinping's confidence has been, uh, is being smashed and he's lashing out towards the rest of the world. But hey, that's just my opinion. Let me know what you think. Leave me a message. It'd be good to hear from you. Thank you for listening to The Slippery Slope.